The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight and it's time for the forum at eight this morning. And today we're discussing yesterday's heated parliamentary debate around a no confidence motion against the Speaker of Parliament, Baleka Mbete, which was defeated. Five opposition parties, including the DA, the EFF and COPE, joined forces to submit a motion of no confidence in the Speaker. The opposition parties last week announced their lack of confidence in Mbete's impartiality and her ability to lead Parliament while she is still chairperson of the African National Congress. On the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, does a, parliament, um, a parliamentary speaker's political position compromise her mandate? And of course, the lines are open 891 so you can start dialing and you can, of course, also get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo, or you can send us an SMS to 34701. Well, the joys of live radio is that you don't always get your intended wish list. But we do have Professor Tiniko Maluleke, a political analyst, who will be joining us for this discussion, as well as Casper uh, Handing, who's a retired secretary to the National Assembly. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's a pleasure, Sakina, uh, to speak to you and your listeners. Uh, good morning to you as well. And uh, I think to start this discussion off this morning, let's just take a listen to uh, some of what went down in the National Assembly yesterday. Honorable Mbete is a competent member of this house. She's a former deputy president. She has her flaws, but we respect her as an experienced politician. What this motion is about is about the office she holds in the ANC and what it means to holding the office of speaker. She cannot serve as leader of the ANC and a neutral speaker in this house. The conflict of interest is untenable. Honorable members, Parliament can only work when the Speaker puts country and the Constitution before party. And this is the, honorable, is, is the truth, Honorable Members. The ANC knows that it's losing public support every single day. It loses votes election after election. And in fact, President Zuma is more unpopular than ever before. The ship that Zuma's ANC is slowly sinking and Lituli House is deploying every means to slow down the sinking of the ship. We see this playing out every single day in this parliament. Honorable Balegambete has been deployed here to make sure that President Zuma doesn't have to answer tough questions in this parliament. And in so doing, she is placing party before South Africa. When Speaker Balegambete hires former ANC MP, MPs to offices in Parliament that are supposed to be independent, she is placing party before South Africa. When Speaker Balegambete allows the security cluster to militarize uh, parliamentary security to intimidate opposition MPs, she is placing party before South Africa. In fact, when Speaker Mbete holds an ANC rally in the precinct of Parliament, as she did this afternoon, she is placing party before country. And that was uh, leader of the opposition, Musi Maimane. And uh, Peter Mulder of the Freedom Front Plus had this to say.
Well, in 1994, the Deputy Speaker in the first Parliament, Dr. Ranshot, was not from the governing ANC party. In the second and third Parliaments, we are chairpersons from other political parties. I think of Ben Skusana, Farouk Kassim from the IFP, and Sandra Bota from the DA as examples. So in this fifth Parliament, all of the Speaker and chairperson positions have been taken for the first time by the ANC. And then Kanyisile Litchfield Chabalala of the EFF had to weigh in as well, and this is what her contribution was. Lest we suffer misplaced confidence in a speaker that we know represents the ruling party, we stand here today and we say, let the judges preside, male or female. It is not a gender issue, much as degeneration into a situation where members want to use their buttocks to protect the president is not a gender issue. It is a sad day in Parliament when we want to degenerate women empowerment to a point of them using their buttocks to protect corrupt male individuals. Honourable Member, your time has expired. Thank you very much. Well, that's just a taste of what went down in Parliament yesterday uh, during this uh, motion, uh, the vote of no confidence against the Speaker, uh, Baleka Mbete. And uh, turning to our panel now, uh, Professor Maluleke, the opposition parties obviously knew that this motion had no way of succeeding, but they went ahead anyway. Do you think that they managed to make their point? Well, (laughs) they managed to get three hours. Uh, of discussion uh, and three hours of being uh, watched uh, on television by South Africans. Um, They got their moment in the sun. Uh, They stood up and and spoke uh, one after the other and engaged Parliament over this matter for for three to four hours. Uh, But I think you are right. They always knew that uh, they would not win numerically. Uh, They probably had prepared their... Uh, post uh, defeat uh, interview uh, uh, statements uh, before they went into parliament uh, you know so so th- so they knew i think the point they wanted was to have this discussion i am not so sure though that um, they knew the way it would end that it would end the way it ended uh, i think that they were a little bit uh, taken by surprise with the introduction of a new motion uh, by by the ruling party. Uh, I don't know that they planned the walkout. I think that the walkout was probably more impromptu uh, than, than the three-hour discussions uh, that, 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 uh, that were had. Mm. I also am not sure that they had bargained uh, for the kind of vitriol uh, and uh, that 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 went on, uh, and and the kind of hyperbole uh, with which they themselves uh, pitched the debate. Um, I mean, Parliament talking about buttocks, people being told they are nothing, and 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 one could could list a whole uh, lot of things that were said, uh, which which in my view are so unbecoming. Uh, of, of, of Parliament. I mean, it was a degeneration uh, of, uh, of parliamentary uh, decorum and, and speech that, uh, uh, that shocked uh, everyone, I think. And, and in that sense, I don't know if there's a winner.
Mm, because and, and, and that is, of course, the next question. With all of that going down, do you think that they managed to, at the very least, put on the agenda firmly and discuss um, in any meaningful way the motion that uh, obviously speaks to the partiality or the impartiality of the speaker? You know, Sakina, I think part of the problem with this debate uh, yesterday was the very premise of, of, the, of the entire motion. You see, was this motion a motion about Baleka Mbete, the speaker, or was it a motion about the principle of, uh, of, of how constitutionally a speaker ought to be uh, elected? And I think in conflating issues around the individual called Balekambete and the constitutional principles that they wanted perhaps to to propose, uh, amendments that they wanted to propose, that's partly where they lost it. Mm, but is that an unimportant consideration? I, I, I think it is important, but I don't think you want to conflate your feelings about a particular individual speaker with your, 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 your principles that you want to propose. If, for example, what the opposition wants to propose is that henceforth let us ensure that a Speaker of Parliament is not also a chairperson or does not hold office or relinquishes all official positions in their party and so on. Mm. That is a proposal that has merit on its own. But to conflate that with particular uh, attacks or or sense of um, uh, disaffection with the, with the conduct of an individual speaker, I think then invites, if you like, the the the, the ruling party to defend the the person. And so you didn't know whether we were talking about the person or we're talking about principles. We're defending a person or we're defending principles. We're attacking a person or we are attacking principles. And that's, that's where I think they lost it a little bit. They should have just kept it at the level, in my view. I mean, but who am I uh, to tell them what to do? At the level of principles and not conflate uh, the individual uh, merits or lack thereof of this particular speaker into the debate. Mr. Kasper Handing, uh, as a retired secretary to the National Assembly, of course, you have been there, you've seen a lot. And what is your view, first of all, on what is currently unfolding in Parliament? Well, I think that it, it's a matter of grave concern because, um, as you, the other commentator pointed out, um, the, the different issues were conflated, that of the personality of the, of the current speaker um, with the whole issue of the constitutional principle um, of the role of the Speaker in Parliament. And um, from what I also heard of the debate, the, uh, the level of the, the tone of the debate was very, very poor. And it would have been very good for Parliament, I think, and for democracy if um, all, all sides had made a point of being polite and correct and, and respectful of each other in the process of the debate. All that name-calling... Um, which, as the other commenter, commentator pointed out, is very unbecoming. And it, it made the whole debate and the whole exercise uh, a, a very negative one uh, for the country as well. Um, so that's my initial view as well. And and, and just looking, uh, for, uh, looking at the motion, rather, and 
the fact that it was brought and the ANC and obviously one thinks of the Speaker of Parliament as an elected, uh, a, a democratically elected person from the House. So uh, what do you think of the merits of the motion that was brought by the opposition? It's, it's a legitimate uh, mechanism available to opposition parties when they are concerned that uh, a particular speaker is, is not, um, uh, in the first instance, acting for the institution. Uh, speakers get elected by a secret ballot in terms of the Constitution with the Chief Justice presiding. So that means that the intention really is that all members should be able to vote freely for the person they think is best suited to hold that job. And the speaker so elected needs to have and retain the support not just of the majority party, but of all parties and all members in the National Assembly. And And to the extent that that starts disappearing um, and that the speaker does not enjoy visibly the support of the opposition parties, that really becomes a serious issue and it makes it very difficult, first of all, for the Speaker to, to preside and, and, and perform the functions. She cannot simply rely on the majority party to, to continue. And uh, you talk about a secret ballot vote. Um, is there any way of tracking who voted where, how? Uh, no, those votes are, are sealed up and are, are locked away. They're not accessible. So they're not electronic votes. It's actually uh, no, on... they, they're done on, on voting ballot papers which is very interesting. And then um, uh, Peter Mulder from uh, the uh, Freedom Front Plus, he raises another point, and he says previous parliaments have appointed speakers of parliament from opposition parties. But he says under, the, uh, under this particular, uh, the current administration, things have changed and that the ANC has secured all the relevant positions for themselves. It seems a significant move that, that this time, for the first time, um, that kind of rapprochement, that kind of attempt to, to bring the opposition parties uh, on board has not happened, and I'm not sure what the reason for that would be. Uh, Dr. Mulder was right that in previous parliaments there was always at least one presiding officer who was from another party. Uh, so one isn't sure why politically they've now moved away from that. <clears throat> they were entitled to do that at all times, but to have done so now may have been a, a problem. I think there's a need to, for the parties to get together and to build bridges and to restore the confidence that the presiding officers must get from from the House, without which they can't function. And uh, the uh, EFF, obviously their suggestion that the Speaker should be a retired judge. What's your take on that? I've heard that before. Um, Can I say two things? The one is that I don't know of a single parliament in the world where they have decided to appoint a a neutral arbiter as, as the Speaker. And the reason, I think, is essentially that many of the decisions the Speaker has to take uh, in this very political environment necessarily are of a political nature. The Speaker must act in such a way and take decisions in such a way that she retains or he retains the support of the other parties as far as possible. But it is without doubt the case that um, the decisions taken by the Speaker often are inevitably of a political nature.
So we are speaking of what happened in Parliament yesterday, and we'd love to hear from you your views on the way the motion of no confidence went in the National Assembly yesterday. The lines are open 891 That's our call-in number. You can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And, um, of course, our guest this morning, Professor Tiniko Maluleke, political analyst, as well as uh, Mr. Kasper Handik, who is a retired secretary to the National Assembly. So many messages coming through via our social media networks. Uh, Dollars Buluka says, it's a democratic own goal. Parties must not antagonize each other. If their claim for democracy is true, they should unite for a better, solid solution. Ngo Dube says, yesterday was nothing but the DA feeling upstaged by the EFF and trying to get their limelight back. And Lesibane Mabusela says, our Poly is becoming a mental kindergarten where all need constant meds to maintain sanity and and clarity to see uh, uh, defaulters. So that's uh, some of the feelings coming through from our listeners this morning. But as I said, the lines are open and I see the ANC Zizi Kotwa is on the line uh, to weigh in on this particular matter. And uh, the question, uh, just in case you missed it this morning, what we're asking on the forum at 8 is, does a parliamentary speaker's political position compromise their mandate? That's the question we're throwing out. Zizi Godwa, good morning. Good morning, my sister, and good morning to the two gentlemen. Now, I think firstly we must re-register our consent as a party that the fifth administration, fifth parliament since it started, it has started, in our view, it has degenerated, and I think it has over 100 days missed an opportunity to address serious issues that I would imagine all parties, 13 of them represented in that parliament, have been elected to do, among other things, serving the people. I think on a daily basis is degenerating to something that none of us would want to see. What we saw yesterday, obviously in any democratic parliament, it is allowed that parties, if they have, if they have uh, a vote of no confidence, I would imagine that it might arise, first and foremost, on a constitutional basis, where the constitution in South Africa which I think one of your uh, guests stated very clearly that Speaker is elected on the first sitting of Parliament among members of Parliament. And therefore, if there's any issue about the impartiality and independence of the Speaker, it, if it has to arise on the basis of the Constitution, basically yesterday I think the opposition, five opposition, were calling for an amendment to the Constitution. And I think effectively, I think differently there should have been another motion in my view, later, if there is a feeling about the speaker, how she runs the parliament, how she runs the sessions in parliament, that issue could have been raised differently. But effectively, they were calling for amendment to the constitution, which is something a different debate. Azizi, just but hold there. Be, hold there. I want to uh, defer to uh, Mr. Handing to actually explain to us here what the rules say with regard to that. Should members of the National Assembly at a later stage after the election of the Speaker become disenchanted with the Speaker for whatever reason, what do the rules of Parliament then say in terms of perhaps people trying to change the status quo? Well, the, the National Assembly um, is empowered to elect a speaker from amongst its members. And it being the appointing body in that process, it, it also has the power at any time to remove that speaker, provided there is majority support for such a move. Um, it doesn't happen very often. Um, in fact, very infrequently. 
Um, but it will be used as an opportunity sometimes by opposition parties when they think they've got very good grounds for, for expressing concern uh, for them then to raise such a no-confidence motion just to make the, that point politically that they are unable to support the Speaker. And it is something which um, I think the, the Speaker should also um, take on board and see whether, as I say, bridges can't be mended. Okay, Zizi? I think based in the Constitution and the rules, as you asked the question earlier, there is no way where it is a requirement that after being elected to the office of the Speaker, therefore you must relinquish. There is no way where it says that. But I think the point of the, 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 the last Speaker makes is that probably the issue of impartiality is quite important. And I think there are no issues at the moment that could begin to suggest, given what has happened in the past 100 days, that Mebalek, uh, the Speaker of Parliament, has actually failed to discharge that responsibility impartially. And I think that is a matter that I think Parliament, before it degenerates further from what we have seen so far, it has got to, among other things, if there is a proposal about amendment of the Constitution, let's entertain that separately than what I saw yesterday, which was more about feelings, how people mm. want the Speaker to control, to be a player and a referee, and allow Parliament, because I think... She stood her ground to restore the integrity of Parliament when Parliament's integrity was almost under attack over a recent time. And I think for that, we appraise it as the African National Congress. But if there are other issues where, like all human beings are fallible, where they might have made a mistake, let Parliament discuss that. And probably as a Speaker of Parliament, obviously she may come to a point that if she has committed any error, she will correct that. But to suggest that, because of that conduct, or for whatever reason, therefore, it's equal to amending the Constitution. Everybody in South Africa, everybody has an opinion, one way or another, including the two gentlemen here in the studio. They may be called independent analysts, but they have got political opinions on issues. And therefore, there can't be any subjective view in society that there is this person in society, a messiah, who in a highly political environment like Parliament, would come with this impartial view politically, would not be affected one way or another in terms of tomorrow and mm. what political orientation will be. So therefore, uh, Zizi Kotwa, thank you, taking that to its natural conclusion, um, it was therefore okay for the opposition parties to uh, see that uh, the Speaker is impartial because they also have their views and their convictions on what is going on. Impartiality in that case is subjective from their point of view because themselves as long as the speaker does not agree with them, it means it's impartial. Yeah, but by your own definition, Zizi, that is to be expected. It is to be expected, but I'm saying from their point of view, in particular as opposition, the definition of impartiality in parliament, given the fact that the speaker comes from another party, would be subjective because it would mean narrowly that as long as the speaker does not agree with their own political orientation, what is it that they seek parliament to do, she remains impartial. We are asking you this morning, does a parliamentary speaker's political position compromise her mandate? And this, of course, prompted by uh, what happened in Parliament yesterday, a vote of no confidence against the Speaker Baleka Mbete. And our guest this morning, Mr. Kasper Handik, who is a retired secretary to the National Assembly, as well as Professor Tiniko Maluleke, a political analyst. Now, uh, let me come to you, Prof, uh, in response to what Zizi Kotwa was uh, raising there. Now, firstly... Is it possible that uh, the ANC was blameless in how Parliament has degenerated, as Zizi puts it? Look, I think I, I don't think there are any angels in, in that scenario. 
certainly not yesterday. I mean, uh, one saw insults being traded uh, uh, from from both directions, uh, uh, which which some of which are unrepeatable. <laughs> you know, uh, all of this happening in Parliament. Um, and, and in that in that sense, nobody uh, covered themselves in glory. Uh, but you know, to go back to this particular speaker of uh, of Parliament, uh, Baleka Mbete, she is arguably the most experienced of the four four speakers of Parliament we have had since democracy, uh, because she's, she's coming in for the second time, having served a full term before. Uh, and so the, the the problem is that she has had to manage over the past hundred days a parliament that is like no other before. Uh, it has been a very difficult parliament to manage, and you can't you can't ask you can't say that she alone <laughs> is responsible for 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 the difficulties that we have seen uh, the chanting the points of orders uh, and all the things you you can't you can't really honestly say she is the cause of all of that single-handedly uh, so there was always going to be a problem uh, you know supporting that argument uh, completely i think that there must be some kind of joint ownership of the of the process of degeneration that we have seen in parliament and until all the political parties take take joint ownership and responsibility for it and simply point fingers uh, on the other side, it, it means that this problem is likely to, to, to continue. Now, I think it's possible to argue about impartiality or partiality of uh, the speaker on this or that point uh, because you're, you're never going to get a speaker that's going to make everyone happy. Mm. Um, uh, but I don't know, and, and of course you are free to to, to try a vote of no confidence. There's nothing illegitimate about attempting to mount a, a vote of no confidence like they did yesterday. The question is whether we need to be as farcical as we saw yesterday degenerating into into a, a, real, a real parliamentary farce uh, as, as, as we saw. And I also don't know whether you want to do that. In other words, you, you want to, to raise the issue of partiality or impartiality at the same time raise constitutional principles. I, I would have thought that it would be better to separate the two. Before I go to the lines, uh, Mr. Handig, one thing that I thought was very interesting was the ANC then um, moving a new notice at the time when the opposition was hoping to vote on uh, the motion that they had put forward. Speak to us about the rules regarding that. Yes, that is actually a perfectly acceptable process. Uh, the opposition had proposed a motion to express no confidence, and it is entirely up to the House as a whole um, to decide whether to agree with that proposal or to amend it. And therefore, the ANC's proposed amendment to the original proposal is perfectly in order. And um, ultimately, the House is asked to take a decision. Does it or does it not have confidence? And of course, with the majority party supporting the Speaker, the majority party would propose an amendment um, reflecting support. It was interesting that the opposition uh, seemed to be taken totally by surprise by that particular move. There have been, it has been suggested in the past that uh, you, you don't have to remove an amendment to express confidence. All you have to do is vote against the no confidence, and that shows confidence. 
and, and that's always been a technical point. Do you actually move an amendment proposing that the House has confidence um, when you can simply vote against? So I think that that is possibly what, what, what um, upset the, the opposition parties. I'm not sure. But uh, in, in principle, um, it must be in order for the House to decide that, yes, it has full confidence. So, so, so it does that by voting against the motion or by supporting an amendment is not really a, that big an issue. Sakina. Yes, Prof. I, I, you know, I just want to, to add two things to what my colleague has already said um, from, from a tactical point of view. I think, I think it was quite a, a tactical maneuver uh, by the ANC, and clearly it is a maneuver that is permissible uh, within the rules, as, as my colleague has just said, mm. in that it, it, there was a surprise element to it, I don't think that uh, the opposition parties knew what hit them. Uh, they didn't seem to have to have factored this possibility, uh, and and that uh, already gives uh, the ruling party a huge advantage in, in that they bring in a surprise element. But secondly, uh, tactically, what the ANC did in putting their own motion, they were saying to ANC members you are going to vote for or against your own party. It's no longer you voting for or against a motion that comes from elsewhere. And in that way, I think that psychologically, it put a lot more pressure and, and helped elevate their own position because an ANC member of parliament is now sitting faced with an ANC motion and not, not just a motion from somewhere which they can either abstain from or, you know, uh, treat it with a little bit uh, less uh, seriousness. And, and so tactically it was quite, and, and you can add to that the gallery, uh, which was full of, uh, of ANC supporters who had come. So it, it was really also a move inside of the ANC to appeal to ANC members to respect the ANC and, and to realize that this is about the ANC, it's not just about uh, what the opposition thinks or does not think. So I think from a tactical point of view, it was quite uh, a clever maneuver. All right, we have to go to those calls now. They lined up 891 is the number to dial. Let's go to Steve Swart, ACDP MP. Good morning. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. I just wanted to make two, a few quick points after I sat in yesterday. And I've been in Parliament for 16 years. The issue relating to the political office bearer and the speaker is an issue, obviously, that we will differ on as to whether the political appointment should be there and the degree that there is a conflict of interest. We believe there is a conflict of interest. But I believe that we as parliamentarians actually need to apologize to the nation for the way we conduct ourselves in this new parliament. I have never seen such disorder and Whilst we need to accept responsibility, I believe that what we said yesterday in Parliament at the ACDP is that the Speaker and the presiding officers need to maintain order. You cannot have people just standing up when they are unrecognized by the Speaker and continue to speak. And then the Speaker and the presiding officers engage, they make a ruling, and then they engage in debate on that ruling. If a person does not sit down, I counted yesterday in a number of occasions where a person was instructed to sit down five or six times without listening to the presiding officer. That MP must be sent out immediately. If they do not abide by the presiding officer's order, they should be sent out of Parliament until order is restored. 
Okay, Steve Swart. And one just wonders, you know, how much all of these pressures that are brought to bear are uh, actually at play here. Let's go to Anonymous in Cape Town. Good morning. And good morning to your listeners. Sakina, this is particularly concerning now. I think it is time that the people of South Africa got involved in this debate. I think politics is far too important to be left to politicians. What we are seeing now here is really heartbreaking. First, the target was the rules of parliament, and with breathtaking impunity, they were were trampled upon. And we saw yesterday that the new target now is the constitution. Both the rules of parliament and the constitution are not static. They are tools to manage internal business of parliament, and obviously they owe their dynamism to civilized engagement. Why can't parties engage uh, when they want to, to change the rules? Parliament, as provided for in the Constitution, provides a platform for public consideration of issues. But what we are seeing here now is not a public consideration of issues, it's altercation. It's Mm -hmm. people through ill discipline wanting to take over Parliament. Surely if there is something wrong with the constitutional provision, we should be able as parliamentarians to be the first to understand how to go about to change that. Surely it's not going to come by us shouting from our seats, causing disorder in the House. It is not becoming, and we must, as South Africans, hold parliamentarians to account. They must know that when we send them to Parliament to represent us and the issues which matter to us as citizens of this country, and they go to Parliament to cause us embarrassment, we must not just sit and listen to them speak. We must speak up ourselves with our voices, but also with our actions. What we see in Parliament that is caused by the new parties imposing new rules on an old game or bringing a new game onto established rules in an unprocedural, in an indignified way, that must be called to order by us as citizens, by us as South Africans, and hold them to account Mm. for what they're doing. Now, before I let you go, when you say people need to get involved, how so? I, you see, even when we listen to these debates, and in fact, your platform gives us a, a, a platform to voice our, to express our voices. We, we tend to listen to politicians coming to, to analyze this. We as South Africans, we must make our voices heard to them. We must speak and say we do not approve of people disrespecting parliament. You know, when Speaker is appointed, as explained by Mr. Handik, she becomes part of the institutional mechanism. She is not part of the ANC. She is part of parliament. She discharges the rules of parliament as agreed to by all parties. So we cannot, therefore, uh, afford a situation where in the, in the battle for attrition between parties, our parliament, our institutions, our prime, our custodian of democracy is reduced to a collateral damage in a war to fight to the African National Congress. We as South Africans from all parties, we must say that is unbecoming. We must draw the line. We must do so with our voices. But also when we vote, we must vote to make sure that we vote for people who understand our constitution and its provisions. Ah, we lost Anonymous there, but I think we got the gist of his call. Thank you so much, Anonymous in Cape Town. Miguel in the Free State, good morning. Hi, Shakira. Hey, Miguel. Well, and you? I'm fine, and thanks for allowing me to say what I have seen yesterday, and hi to all the guests there. First of all, I would like to agree with the speaker that just left now about what is happening in Parliament. I mean, what I see is a circus. The opposition party, the opposition party led by DA and EFF, are just trying to confuse the the people of South Africa by thinking that maybe they are trying to be robust. I don't understand the robustness that they are talking about because what they are doing there is chaos and they are not following all the proper rules of the parliament. So, in my mind, I feel that the uh, opposition party are trying to tend the 
the parliament into, uh, into a circus. They're trying to play a different ball that is not even in the rules of parliament. Okay. So that rule, that, that, that behavior, that is, even we can see that yesterday, Malema also didn't even take the orders from the speaker. I mean, I don't understand what kind of robustness they're talking about. They are first unruly, they are disciplined, they are, un- they, are, they are not even listening to the speaker, even if they want to challenge the speaker. There are rules in the parliament that will say, okay, this is how we go to follow it up, even if they feel that the speaker is biased against them, then there are rules that they need to follow. But what they are doing now, it's all about circus. Okay, got you there, uh, Miguel, in the free state. I just want, Let's... Before, I leave, mm-hmm. uh, before I leave, I just want Professor to try to at least explain to me what kind of robustness that the ASF are trying to talk about. Because so far, I haven't seen any robustness. All they're doing is chaos and unruly behavior in the parliament. Thank you. Thanks, Miguel. Solly in Cape Town, good morning. Hello, Solly. Good morning, Sakina, and to your eminent uh, guests there. Uh, Sakina, I've got two questions. My one question is, please, who is the speaker in the Western Province Legislature? And my second question is, you know, when EFF went for our president when it came on Kandla, the DA never, never reprimanded them. They loved the show and they were together. Tomorrow there's going to be a thing on land. Then the EFF votes with the ruling party to change the constitution. Then I want to know what will happen. Number three, when you allow this to happen, you cannot be the moral judge to say later, let's change it because they're allowing it to degenerate from all the opposition party as well as the ruling party. Okay, Solly in Cape Town, thanks so much. Kim in Durban, good morning. Says something very positive to start with, and that is, well, first of all, negatively, yesterday was an absolute disgrace to South Africa. I was ashamed to be a South African yesterday, and I have such high hopes for this country. But the person who came off the best yesterday was the leader of the DA, Musi Mariani. I don't say his name properly, and I apologize for that. He started the debate in a rational, reasonable manner. He made his points carefully about the subject, and he supported every single one of his points with a very good example of the point he was making about the speaker. Her impartiality, the things she has done to close down debate, the way she has tried to protect the president from having to answer. He, was, he had an example of every single point he made. He made it reasonably, rationally, intelligently, in a civilized fashion. And from that, it degenerated because the, 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 the ANC was unable to answer the question at hand. That's what happened. That's why it degenerated into a total circus. They started to fling insults. They did not address one of the points that Musimania made in the first place because they could not the points were too true and too obvious. They just had to start throwing mud and calling names and saying what they, you know, it's talking about the struggle. So you're blaming the ANC. That's where it all went wrong. And please give me the same time as you've given your previous speakers. That's where it went wrong. One of the EFF, if I'm not an EFF supporter, but one of the ladies spoke very well. And she said, the reason for all this frustration, and indeed it is the, it is the fault of the speaker, is because people are totally frustrated by being cut off by her arrogance she turns to the opposition parties when they want to speak and say, says, I'm surprised to see you standing up. What have you got to say? That's not how an impartial speaker handles parliament. If someone stands up to make a point, she says, yes, honorable member, make a point. Her whole body language has been arrogant, anti-opposition. She has not separated the, the, her role from her principality. She has not been an impartial speaker. And the DA leader came off fantastically. And the EFF woman said yesterday, and I agree with her, although I don't support the party, she said, you can see that Beleka Mbeki has got a bit of a brain in her. 
I don't know where Kim went. And um, the, we apologize, may have some gremlins in the system this morning. But let's hear from uh, Dennis Blumenkrunstadt. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to uh, the guest. You know, I, I had the privilege to serve 20 years in Parliament, from 94 up until 2014. It's the first time that I see such a circus that have generated into Parliament. You know, yesterday's debate was about impartiality of the Speaker. And I can tell you, I served under Frini Jinwala for 10 years. I served under Balega for uh, five years. And Max Sisulu came in. There was never a problem. I think that the, 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 the issue here is that Baleka is not impartial. She is taking sides, and that is the problem where the, the parliament is going that way. If she can stick to impartiality and say that, let me take off my head as an ANC chairperson, I can tell you that everybody, you know, everybody was happy with Freeney, everybody was happy with her. Uh, when she was a speaker. So why is it and a problem even, now? Because she is the chairperson of the ANC now. That is the problem. Mexisulu, everybody was happy. That is the problem uh, that, that I can see from outside. Kaya and Hoffmeyer, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to Congress. I just want to say in quick speech, uh, Sakina, the ANC is correct. If the DA can lead, for example, and remove their premier from the premiership position uh, so that she can keep only the DA position, Comrade Balegambete is correct and it was deployed by the majority of the people of South Africa. Okay, Dladla and Umlazi, what's your point? Yeah, good morning, Sakina. Well, and you, Dladla? Yeah, see, for me, Sakina, see, we must ask, people must ask themselves. When did all these things started in Parliament? It started when the EFF came there. See, if you saw, there was no this, all these things that was happening, and you know, only respecting to other people in the Parliament. This madam and these people came in the Parliament, now people are insulting each other, don't want to listen to each other. It's difficult to see what happened yesterday. Madam was not one day, he didn't want to sit down. If the Speaker of Parliament was telling him to sit down, he didn't want to sit down. He was insulting, see, the Minister of Sport all the time. So what is it that changes that learning for me? Mrs. Okay, like got you. Got you, Dada. I want to run along because I tr- I'm trying to get through all the calls before we run out of time. Gerald in Durban. Uh, uh, the, the parliament is descending into chaos because the country is descending into chaos because it's run by a very corrupt clique who are hell-bent, instead of governing the country, they're hell-bent on thieving money and using parliament to protect themselves. Now, we'll end up very soon with a constitutional crisis when this president and his corrupt clique don't want to go. Very much like the banana republics he's trying to take over. Okay, that's Gerald in Durban, Marsha in Cape Town. Um, good morning. I'd I, I just like to make a comment that Mbeti has already disgraced uh, Parliament by being in that high seat where she sits. Um, the reason why I say this is that she got her driver's license by bribery. Now, if she had knocked over someone or killed someone while driving, she would have been regarded as being blood guilty. Now, has she finally got a driver's license? 
Well, uh, that's a question that we'll try and get an answer to you uh, for you too. Let's just look at some of the messages coming through. Uh, Daniel Sitole says, opposition parties are very poor. Uh, they're wasting our money. They must learn politics. The speaker is doing a good job. Joel in PE says, uh, don't you think the personality of Baleka is the problem that leads to the controversy? Example, her body language, her facial expressions, etc. And Temba says, it's like the ref and the team from the same club against another team. That's not fair. And uh, Doug also uh, uses a soccer analogy saying in a soccer match, a referee should be impartial. I don't believe that our referee in parliament does not favor one of the sides. Then Zandi Sile in East London says, for me, EFF's contribution in that debate was excellent. And William in Cape Town says the speaker of the last parliament, Maxi Sulu, was shafted because the ANC decided he was disgracefully impartial. And just finally, Mark says the water drunk at parliament yesterday must have been Delhi's finest. So uh, with that, we only have 10 seconds for each of our guests to wrap up. Prof? Sakina, members of parliament have every right to raise issues of partiality and impartiality, to propose amendments to the rules of parliament or even the country's constitution. But members of parliament must respect South Africans. And South Africans deserve better than listening to stories about buttocks and rented blacks and, and watching the theatrics and the drama uh, that our parliament has degenerated into. And I think all parties must take responsibility and restore the dignity of parliament. Thank you, Prof. Uh, Mr. Handig? Okay, we seem to have lost Mr. Handig in the system as well somewhere. But thank you for your contribution this morning, Retired Secretary to the National Assembly and Prof. Tiniko Maluleke, Political Analyst. Thanks as always to you for your participation as well. And we'll do this again tomorrow. Right now, it's 9 o'clock and time for news with Vibakshni Chetty.